Hey girl, you feel that? That's boyfriend material. This is episode 9, The Place Beyond the Pines, from 2012. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two, and this episode is brought to you by leather, because motorcycles. Simple enough, easy enough, (laughs) I like it. No, I saw Goss, like, in the leather jacket, and I was just like, oh man, that's boyfriend material. Ooh yeah, ooh yeah, he wears a lot, there's a lot of leather in this movie. Exactly. Very clutch key sponsor. All right, so, uh, I don't know, okay, so... We didn't say it here, so say it for the third time. What? I thought you were just going to, and like, talk about how we were changing it up a little bit. Oh, we are, yeah, but what I was going to say okay. before that was, yeah. I don't know, like, I assume, and I think we assume, that, like, this podcast and Magic Mike's and Too Fast, Too Forever, that people who listen to one listen to all three, and that's definitely not true. But definitely we still, not true. But we still operate under that assumption. As such, you might have already heard this, but we are changing it up a little bit. We are moving some uh, some segments around. It's really to help episodes where we have guests. However, uh, there's no guests on tonight, but we're still rocking the new look, the new leather new look. A couple new of leather threads. daddies. Just like Tobias Bluth, a couple of leather daddies. Yep. And we're going to mix things up a bit. We're going to bring the... The most important thing is we're bringing the mailbag from the end of the episode to the beginning of the episode. And I think the flow works yeah. better if you write in. We have an email address, boyfriendmaterial at cageglub.me. Send us pictures of your favorite cereal. Send us thoughts about the episode, thoughts about Gosling, thoughts about the movies. Whatever you want to send in, we will read it on air. We will talk about it on air. Favorite fabric, whatever you Ooh, want. Ooh, have we asked for that yet? No, I don't think so. Now we have. So we're bringing the mailbag up to the front. We're moving a couple other things around, but that is the big change. So without further ado, here's the mailbag. So we have oh. an email address, like I said, boyfriendmaterial at cageglobe.me. We have emails. I just got to bring up how many we have. I think it's a how lot. Many? Because I think, really? Mon- well, Montez did her, her, did her catch up. Cool. Okay, good. But I know we have email from other people, too. Let's see here. So we have 22 emails. Are they serious? Well, one of them is from Christina O'Reddy talking about those fish bags. Remember the fish bags? Remember those, like, backpacks? Yes. We have one from her. Uh, we've got a few different, we've got a few uh, with from Jenny McMullen. We've got cool. one from resident historian Mike Manzi, and then... I don't know, like fifteen We're from just Jess Montez. Stacked on emails. I'm I'm shocked. Okay, go ahead. Montez sent an insane amount of emails over the span of like seven days. But we're gonna go through them because that's what we do here. You know, Gosling's yeah, only I'm the fine. third of this movie. We got nothing but time. Let's go do this. Nothing but time. Okay. First email from Christina at O'Reddy. Is this the same email? No, I definitely read this email already. Okay. Skip it's the one, one Christina from O'Reddy. We're a professional supplier of bags, caps, and hats. Yeah, lanyards and t-shirts this. yep did that okay next email from montez subject line yes, montez i wouldn't eat that so this is from montez subject line i wouldn't eat this picture cereal chocolate oh. mud and bugs looks like it came out like a 94 ish with the lion king we got yeah it's lion king theme simba um i would eat this Timon, that looks Pumba. delicious it looks like it's count chocula yeah, or I was gonna you know say, gonna say Lucky Charms of Chocolate Cereal, but then that's just Count Chocula. Exactly. Kellogg's and Disney teamed up to bring chocolate mud and bugs, naturally sweetened cereal with bug-shaped marshmallows. Cool. Naturally sweetened with corn syrup. Yep. Montez would not eat it. You and I would. Although, unless she's talking about cereal that's actually 24 years old, in which case I would not eat it. I'd probably still eat it. Okay. Uh, like I said, Montez did a catch-up of the last handful of episodes. So her next email is called "Song to Song, Fire Ass Titles." This, I believe, okay. was our episode three or episode four or episode two. No, wait. No, this was episode two, I think. 
Yeah. Okay. So she she did, uh, I think, two through eight catch-ups. So that's why there's a shitload of emails. All right, here we go. Okay. Before I get into this, I love Terrence Malick films, the lack of a script, the beautiful cinematography. It's perfect for a one-time watch film. I really liked Night of Cups, which is a movie that I have not seen. I'll probably watch it sooner. It's, it's one that I've been meaning to watch, and I might have reason to watch it soon. Wink, wink. Okay. So she wrote all, all of the fire-ass titles down. The one that she highlighted was The Songbird, which I think was probably you, because I don't remember saying that. So I think that was a you. Congratulations on the win. Maybe. Um, hopefully. But yeah, thank you. She says, I'm I'll still really that. glad you guys didn't start with this one. Would have been a very bland beginning to this podcast, which we talked about Truth. on both the La La Land episode and that episode. I still really like that movie. Uh, it's toward the bottom of my favorite Gosling movies so far. But yep. again... The right call, I think, starting with La La Land. Yes. Next email, also from Montez, The Nice Guys, fire-ass titles. This is an episode okay. with Resident Story Mike Manzi, if you'll remember. I do remember. She says, first off, I love you guys. Sorry I keep dying. Work is better, fingers crossed, so I should be able to catch up soon. Good. I'm glad you guys enjoyed this news. movie. I also thought it was super fun, and I wish more people would go watch it. That makes well, four of us. We, we all loved it. And it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. OMG, the movie was Midnight Special. Remember we were trying to guess... It was in the Letterbox game, and I was like trying to get Mike to guess a movie, and I was like, "It's by one of your favorite directors. I think it's a movie you love." And he was like having like a one of one of the classic Mike Manzi senior moments, and he's like, "I okay. don't know what you're talking about." And she says in all capital letters, "OMG, the movie was Midnight Special. Love that movie." I was yelling, listening to this part of the episode. You have to know. She says, "Take Shelter was amazing." which is another movie by the same director that Mike loves that I have not seen yet, but I've been meaning to. Michael okay. Shannon forever. Please, if he becomes one of your podcast subjects, I need in on this. He's so underrated. He's not yet. However, on Keanu Club, we talked about a very, very early appearance of him. He was a flower delivery guy in, like, The Gift or something. It's like this bad Keanu Reeves movie from about 2000. Michael Shannon's got a real, real tiny role. Uh, so Interesting. Go check that out, Montez. I guess it's, it's always weird when stuff like that happens, right? Yeah. Uh, her favorite fire title from this, I don't know who it was. Might have been me. I don't know. It was A Pair of Dicks and Stuff. Because we had said Pair of Dicks as a fire title, and then And Stuff. Because remember, say don't And Stuff. Don't say And Stuff. Then I feel yes. like I might have ended it with A Pair of Dicks and Stuff. I don't know. Whoever it was, it was the last one we did. That's the one she liked best. Which I feel like, generally, the one we end with is our favorite, and it's not usually her favorite. Yeah, true. Montez doesn't usually like the like the last one, but I always like when I hear one that I'm just like I can't top that. I stop. Yeah, I mean she's a real underdog hero, underdog player. Like she's a fan of the underdog. Yeah, that's fine. So am I. She says my journey to get fully caught up on boyfriend material continues tomorrow. Cool. All right. I'm glad she's listening to all these. This is pretty cool, actually. Good for her. Thank you. She is very dedicated. Thank you, Montez. Next email yeah, also I from Montez. It. Subject line: Italian job. I agree with Joe too. I enjoy the Italian job. I am not sorry fun. about it. It's fun and it's a good movie. I like the Italian job. Most Def is also one of my favorite characters in that film. So she loves him just like you loved him. I had a bad experience. <laughs> <laughs> Next email, also from Montez. The Big Short, she says, Where the hell was fire-ass titles and other thoughts? She says, Fun fact, sometimes I blast hardcore slash metal music in my office while I'm working on data analysis. She says, I highly enjoy Between the Buried and Me, BTBAM. So that was exactly what okay. Christian Bale was doing in that movie. Okay. Yes. There is totally a difference between generic cereal and the real deal. In some instances, the real deal tastes way better. Can't substitute. Agreed. But... Tonight, we made, like, Rachel makes fried chicken that she fries in cornflakes. And cornflakes, I've decided, you don't need Kellogg's for cornflakes. Like, they're all just fucking cornflakes. Yeah. But 
I would never eat like bootleg Lucky Charms no. or something like that. Yeah, I think Cheerios are a little bit better if you get the real Cheerios brand too. But I don't remember if I bought these since the last time we recorded or not, but okay. I bought generic Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and Ugh. it's not great. It's not good. I just want—I basically wanted to try it because it was like a dollar fifty for a gigantic box at Target. Like it was real cheap, and it's not terrible. But it's worth it springing for the real thing. Yeah, for sure. There's a lot of cereals like that. There's some that I know that just could, couldn't be held up. As in Apple Jacks, my favorite, but go ahead. She says, guys, unless I blacked out, I'm thinking we missed fire-ass titles here and you've disappointed me. And then she adds in this image. It's a picture of Ryan Gosling that says, doesn't even know where to begin. He never knows where to begin. Yeah. He doesn't. <laughs> but yeah. I'm sorry, we might have forgotten. No. I don't feel like we did, but we might have. We did not. Because okay. I don't, we get back to it, but I was like, Montez, I don't know what you're talking about. I found it in 30 seconds because I know where it is. Okay, cool. I found it in 30 Good. seconds. So I told her that. I think she went back to it. I don't know if it's the next email or not. I said, Montez, we 100% played Fire Ass titles, but I abbreviated to FAT. I just found it. Wake up. So that was me okay. to Montez. She says, damn it. Now I have to go back. That was the next email. Okay. Do you give her a timestamp at least? Jeez. No, I think I, I, I was disappointed in her. But it's the same okay. place in every episode. Yeah, pretty much. Like, we do the games in the same order. Now we're changing it, but, like, up to this point, it was always in the same order. Anyway, she says, Lost River, Fire Ass title. She says, I think this might be the longest list of Fire Ass titles I've ever had to rank. It was tough. These were good ones. Okay, Her good. favorite was, I think it was you, Underwater Dinosaurs. Yeah, <laughs> because that's what it was. Yeah, had to be me. It sounds right up my alley. A couple little notes here. She says, without Skrillex, she says, love the Skrillex clip here, which I think I added in a little bit from the beginning of Spring Breakers, maybe? Maybe. Uh, she says, Fight Club, this one too? Maybe I put in a, a clip from Fight Club? I don't know. I don't remember that. She says, the number. her number two is, no gauze, in parentheses, no gauze, a decent amount of Eva Mendez, which I don't remember if that was one of us, but I remember liking that I one. think that was you. Okay. I think that was you. She said, I haven't seen this movie. Glad to hear it was disappointing, so now I don't have to watch it. You don't have to watch it. I mean, to me, it was pretty disappointing, so. I yeah. still think you should watch it, but whatever. You do you, Montez. Okay. She sends fat fire sandals, the big short. Apparently, I fell asleep during this game, so I went back and listened again. She lists them all. Her favorite one, she says, because it sounds like a horror movie, is The Empty Cul-de-Sac. Mm. And she puts this gif in the email. Gif. And it's Gosling. What is he? Where is this from? Blade Runner? Yeah, okay. That's why I, th I had it be Blade Runner. She says, and now Gosling is disappointed in me. The shame. Well, <laughs> we forgive you, Montez. We do. You're, you're being very un-Montez today. So thank you. Her next email, because I was like, I don't know what you're doing in these emails. I think we talked about this on Magic Mike. So I was like, I don't know what the highlight means. You used to rank things. I don't know if you're putting them in order. I don't yeah, know we had what's clarity. Clarity issues. Go ahead. She says, how I rank my FAT scores. She says, at the request of Joey, I shall try to shed some light onto my favorite game on Boyfriend Material and Zack Attack. Also Magic Mike's, but no love there. Come on, Montez. Yeah, what is that about? We'd play it on Too Fast, Too Forever if we could, but they fucking nailed it for us. Yep. I don't think we could ever beat those. Yep. There's really no rhyme or reason why I choose certain winners of FAT for each episode. As I look back through my rankings, I realize it sometimes depends on my mood. Mostly, though, it depends on whether or not I've seen the film and how I felt about it after listening to you guys recap it on the episode. Prime example, Song the Song. After listening to you guys talk about the film, even though I'd already seen it, I felt that The Songbird was the best description of the movie because it really was more about blonde Natalie Portman, in, in quotes, blonde Natalie Portman, <laughs> after it was all she said and done. She looks just like a blonde Natalie Portman. She man. looks so much like a blonde Natalie Portman. It's crazy. Yeah. Blade Runner 2049, an eye for an eye. I enjoyed that because you could only tell the replicants from their eyes. So that one made sense. I also like to choose the most ridiculous sounding meme 
for other films, like Lost River, which I haven't seen, but it sounded like it was all over the place, so I thought Underwater Dinosaurs was appropriate, because it tells you literally nothing about the movie. No one ever exactly. wants to get inside my brain. It generally makes zero sense, much like this email. Sincerely, Montez. Yeah, did she did She signs a Montez. That's amazing. Well, that one she did. No, normally she just sends the email, but that one signed it Montez. I love, genuinely, I know you do too, that she ranks these. She picks her favorite fire ice titles, but like, she does not have a monopoly on these. If you're out there and you want to give your own thoughts about what your favorite fire ice title is. True. Send it in. Or tell us you don't want to hear them, or tell us you do want to hear them, or whatever. It doesn't matter. We're going to do them either way, but just let us know. Yeah, for sure. She says, okay, need a part two. This is in reply to the email she just sent. Are the fire-ass... Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry. This was to me. I said, I need a part two. Are the fire-ass titles listed in order of preference or just chronologically, and does the highlight mean your favorite or something else? She says... They're listed in chronological order as they are said in the podcast, much to my OCD meticulous nature. I rewind the section of the podcast until I get them all. <laughs> I used That's to rank awesome. them one to question mark, but I realize that takes too much time. She says in parentheses, minus 10 super fan points. The highlight means it's my number one choice out of the bunch. Totally fine. I appreciate the effort. I'm glad that you get them down, actually. That's crazy. Thank you. There we go. Only God Forgives Fire-Ass Idols, also from Montez. This is where I blew my load and forgot to say Only Goss Forgives. Yes. Or failed to, like, you blue-balled yourself. Not blew your load. Yeah. Blue-balled yourself. Uh, she, puts, she puts a note, uh, think I heard that one next to Box with God, which I think was right. This is an episode where Chris Mattiello was on. Great episode. Great movie. Yep. She says, you guys got a little crazy here at one point, so I didn't track the one three you mentioned here. It was all kind of tie-related. You brought up hentai. She says, ha. Our second favorite was Tie Fighter which I think was mine, but her favorite, which was also mine, Family Ties. I laughed so hard at this one, obvious winner. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, the whole goal is just to make people laugh, yeah. so I'm glad that we're making you laugh. Yeah. Yes, thank you. She sends another email, Only God Forgives Thoughts, from Montez. She says, Before I even hit play, here are my thoughts. I watched this movie when it first came out, and I hated it, but I can't remember why. I agree that Kristen okay. Scott Thomas is amazing, though. That was the mom. I feel like since 2014, me hated it. This is going to be a movie Joey really loved. Ding, ding, ding. Got it right. <laughs> Although 2014, me also didn't like it. So what, yeah. whatever, whatever, whatever. I also watch this movie at a time in my life where I was watching movies, but not appreciating what I was viewing. So maybe 2018, me likes it. Maybe she doesn't. Too many movies to watch to go back to this one. So we will never know. Cool. Oh. Okay. She says, side note, I feel sorry for my coworker who repeatedly... <laughs> I forgot about this. I feel sorry for my coworker who repeatedly walked past my office during your discussion of cum dumpster and whether or not it was offensive. I'm sorry that we almost got you fired then. No, like, she's the boss. Like, she's a boss in her job. Yeah, but she's sitting there listening about his cum dumpster offensive hey, man. or not. Also, I love that I lied in my email saying I was going to get caught up months ago and it never happened, but I'm one episode away from zero, then on a Too Fast, Too Forever, and Magic Mics. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jess. Okay. This email from Jenny McMullen. We're taking a break from Jess for a second. I'm glad Jenny wrote in. Yep. That's awesome. She says tons of this oh, email subject line is share with Mike. Okay. She says tons of bananas for cereal purposes. Something Mike Mansey said struck me as funny. So I took a couple of pics of cereals with bananas. Ooh. Most of the cereal pictures have berries in them, but I found a couple with bananas. Ooh. She says up until I saw a newspaper article on Facebook, shout out Bergen Record, I just thought he was a guest of your podcast who knows some history. A more appropriate introduction <laughs> for him could be resident historian and Cage Club co-founder Mike Mansey. Just saying. True. Which yeah, yeah. but I also kind of like the uh, the lack I of like respect. Like the tongue in cheek. Him. Yeah, the, the tongue-in-cheek saying that he's just the resident historian. I think it's pretty funny. Yeah. But I'm glad that you found out that, no, he's actually a serious person. So, <laughs> like, he's he's real. Yeah. And he started it. He's been around way longer than I have. So. Yeah. 
Yeah, good for Mike Manzi. Well, not really way longer. I mean, we started Cage Club in August, and then we started Zack Attack and Keanu Club in April. So, I mean, he's around for like eight really? months. Yeah, it, was, it wasn't that long. I was on like the front end of it, really? Yeah, you were You were part of this, the, the phase two. Like, phase one was Cage Club, and then we <laughs> added on April 1st of whatever that year was, two years ago, 2016 maybe, 2015, yeah. whatever. We did Zack Attack and Keanu Club and Monkey Club. They were all on the same day. So that oh, was all, that was fuck. podcast two, three, four. Damn. You're one, okay, of, the, you're wow. one of the OGs. I, I had no idea. I really really thought that it had been around for a long time before nope. I was around. Nope. Cool. I mean, we had done 72 episodes of Cage Club in six months. Like, we did a crazy amount of that, but like... Yeah. Or 78 or whatever we did, but no, you were... You were... You're an OG. So, Je- uh, so Jenny sends in this picture of Annie's Organic Which? Cocoa Bunnies. Okay, so she sent in the Annie's Organic Cocoa Bunny cereal. Yep. I've never had this, yep. but their chocolate graham cracker, their chocolate graham cracker bunnies are really fucking good, and I like their fruit snacks a lot too. I'm a big Annie's fan, and obviously their mac and cheese is the best. I like it better than Kraft by a ton, so there you I'm go. a big Annie's fan. She says yeah. chocolate bunnies with banana slices. It says maybe oh, it has banana slices in it. Yep. Oh, oh, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. I, okay. Cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. The, yeah, we talked about the banana cereal, and I didn't even know that there was any. Cool. Thank you, Jenny. Jenny sent me an email. I guess she was, I think she was in the grocery store. Saw this. Saw one of Joe's My top favorite. tier cereals. She says, Joe's favorite. top tier favorite Apple Jack. She said, sent the last email before I signed it, but you probably figured out it was from me. Later, Jenny. So she sends a picture here of Apple Jacks with a picture. She's a woman. A woman after my own heart right here. On the box of Blue from Jurassic World. A the new one, a terrible garbage movie. Really? I haven't seen it yet. It's real bad. Okay. Really? Yep. Like, not even, like, nostalgia fun? No. Like... No, it's real bad. Damn. Oh, God. Our... Okay. Our Too Fast, Too Forever fan, whose name I still don't remember because she doesn't go by her name on Letterboxd, she goes by A Fine Girl. She wrote yes. in... I think we're going to do her rankings on the next episode, or maybe we already did. I don't remember. Oh, cool. But she says it's the... Wor- she gave it a half star, and she said, worst movie of 2018 about Jurassic World, Jurassic World, wow. Fallen Kingdom. Yeah. That's some fighting words. Next email from Jenny says, one for Joey in the subject line. She says, here's one for Joey, so obviously no one is left out. I was at a minor league baseball game when I saw a familiar name and thought about taking a picture, but thought it might look weird to be taking a picture of the back of a kid's shirt. Instead, I Googled it, and now I'm sending it. Have you heard of this soccer player? And she puts a little soccer ball emoji in the email. Oh. Robert Lewandowski of Bayern Munich. Oh, Mr. Lewandowski. She says, Robert Lewandowski, Polish soccer player. Hope you like this, Joey. Later, Jenny. Yeah, I do. Like, he is... Dude, it's actually really cool that you have, like... You don't have, like, a very common last name. It's but very still, common in like, Poland. Yeah, and there's, like, still, like, some... Like, you can get a jersey with your name on the back of it, and that's cool. Yeah. I will never have that ability. Like, never in my wildest dreams will anybody, like, have a jersey with my last name on it. So, until then, I just make Cindy Crosby jerseys out of everything. So. <laughs> uh, he's so good. Like, he's he's good enough to be, like, on the cover of FIFA Germany. Damn. And Or FIFA... No, FIFA Poland. FIFA Poland. Okay. He's good enough that my dad has gotten into watching their games because he wants to see him. And Ooh. the funniest story that I have... Is when I was living in Austin, I went to Domino's to pick a pizza because there's no actual good pizza in Austin. We found one before I left, but whatever. But I went there, and the guy behind the counter was like, oh, hold on. He wants to ring you up. And I was like, what? And this other kid comes up. He's like, are you related? And I was like, no. But I should have said yes because maybe I could have gotten free pizza. Yeah. yeah. Like, every Polak is named Lewandowski. Yeah. But yeah, people... People love if your last name was Soprano, somebody's like, somebody's like, is that show after your dad? <laughs> yeah. No. Thank Definitely God not related. Not. Okay. I like that. That was always the thing, like, when you were, like, in college, and I went to a very large university, so somebody would be like, oh, you go to Pitt, 
you know, do you know this person? I'm like, no. No, there's like 40,000 kids here. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I don't know that person. Yeah. They're like, oh, they're like a dance choreography major. Do you know them? Like, absolutely not. I've never seen this person ever. No? Yeah. I thought Sorry. you knew everybody. No. I hate people. Go ahead. All right. So next email from Montez, Gangster Squad, and I'm all caught up. She says, first Gangster of all, Goss. I'm with Joey. I hate Dave Matthews. I don't know if I ever said I hate Dave Matthews. I just don't like Dave Matthews. She must talking about me because I hate Dave Matthews. I think we, no, nobody really likes Dave Matthews, but that's a different story. She okay. says, second, and this is also something that a friend of the show, Melissa Lynham, corrected offline. Second, Emma Stone is a natural blonde. So we gave Resident <sighs> Story Mike Manzi shit for saying it, for thinking that. We're like, no, no, no. She's a redhead. Nope. She's such a redhead to the core, though. I, I mean, like, I can't even imagine her being blonde. Like, she just is is a redhead, but okay. She says, I'm also really loving the letterbox game. The more I listen to it, this episode was my favorite, especially Joey yelling at Joe 2 and Mike. <laughs> Thank you. Letterbox game is fun. It's, it's just hard. It's just really, really hard. Joey just knows how to talk to me, so, like, yeah. we can get there eventually. Yep. But, like, if any other normal person was, like, listening, the conversation has to sound like the scene from Bill and Ted's where they're playing 10 questions. Like, yeah. that's all I can imagine it sounds like. Yeah. Hey, you want to play 20 questions? Okay. I got one. Are you a mineral? Yeah. Are you a tank? Whoa, yeah! Good one! Notes on the list, she says, hats, hats, hats. She says, the last movie was Rats, Rats, Rats. I'm sensing a pattern here. Oh. Period piece. She says, although this is the alternative title I have for Tonight She Comes, which is a uh, movie that my friend made, um, which is a movie, a very, very, very bloody movie in multiple ways, Tonight She Comes, but we somebody called it Period Piece. Okay. But her favorite, I think this was, was. you, or Mike, I think it was you, though, Tomatoes. Tomato. I think, I, that had to be me, I think. I don't know. Maybe it's Mike. I don't want to steal the credit if it was him. Who knows? But... It also could okay. have been me, but I don't know. Again, okay. in one ear, out the other. Yes. She says, I take back what I said in my previous email. This is the longest FAT segment ever, and also the hardest. It took me a good five minutes to choose an answer. I'm noticing a trend, much like HSM, Gosling's films already come equipped with their own bland title. Yeah. <laughs> Although, the movie we're talking about tonight, not that way at all. No. No, this is a pretty. This is that we we're gonna have a good fire ass titles tonight. It's gonna be an all timer tonight. Next email from Montez. She says, "I can't remember if I've shared this fact with you guys before, but she puts a picture in." And it's from BuzzFeed. Justin Timberlake's mom became Ryan Gosling's legal guardian when they were 12. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Ryan's mother had to stay in Canada while he filmed the Mickey Mouse Club, so Justin's mother became his legal guardian, and the pair lived together for six months. Wow. Yeah, she says, thanks, BuzzFeed. Yeah, that's really strange. Okay, that's awesome. It's so strange at the same time. Wow. You know what I just realized as we're closing in on like the 25 or 30 minute mark of mailbag? What? What we're doing, we're bringing the mailbag up front, which I think makes the flow better. But people who want to listen to us talk about this movie, we are isolating them hardcore. Yeah. Yeah. We might have to, we'll we'll, we'll think, we'll think. I like it better this way. It's kind of like the joke that people make about Mark Maron's WTF, that if you want to listen to the interview, just skip forward through the first 15 minutes of him talking about his cats. Like, exactly. if you want to get to the thing, just get to the thing. Next email, for, also from Montez. She says, also this crazy fact, dot, dot, dot. And she sends another picture. Ryan Gosling was almost in the Backstreet Boys. He no. lived with AJ McLean when the band was forming and was even offered a place in the band, but he turned it down. No. That, man, we would have been living in a completely different world. Yeah. And the last email, thank you, Montez. Those are all the Montez emails. Last those email. Great, those are great facts. He picked out some good ones for us. Thank you. This one came in today. I did not read the whole thing because I knew we were going to record tonight. It's from Resident cool. Historian Mike Nancy, or should I say, 
resident historian and Cage Club co-founder, Mike Manzi. Yes. Yes. Give him his credit where it's due. Subject line, Serial. Hey, boyfriends. Hi, boyfriend. I'm not caught up on all the episodes, so I may not be up to date on where this discussion is at the moment, or if you're even still thinking about it, but I wager you might be, so here it goes. I like Mike because Mike knows that, like, if it's a dumb thing, I don't know what he's writing about. I'm assuming it's probably a dumb thing because we only talk about dumb things, and he also knows that, like, the dumber the thing, the longer we're going to talk about it, so whatever he's writing about, we're probably still talking about. Yeah. It's one of two things. Either that's true, or we don't... Like, it, it, we just forget that we even talked about it. You know what I mean? Like, it's one extreme or the other. Yeah. Yeah, I dude, I flush stuff from my brain really quickly, and I'm sorry about that. He says, I've given it a lot of thought, and I've decided that if I were in charge of marketing for a Ryan Gosling cereal, I'd have to call it Gosling Grams. Oh. Yeah, we were talking about, like, what would be, like, a good Gosling cereal? And, like, what would it be and stuff like that? We were talking all about this. Okay, I remember now. He says, I like the alliteration and the long tradition of Grams cereal, such as Golden Grams or Honey Grams. I love Golden Grams, dude. That's a great cereal, too. I think the actual cereal could be some type of shape that vaguely resembles Ryan's face, or perhaps a few key items that reference his movies. Or just, like, or just like a few of his different haircuts. Ooh. It would just be, like, different hair pieces, and you could, like, put them on the box. They'd have, like, little faces, and you could, like, change the hair on the box, on the back of it. Well, we could like do, that. like, the, the hammer from Drive. You could do a spoon for the Ryan Gosling won't eat his cereal. The wrench from this one. The wrench from this one, or a motorcycle helmet from this one. Yeah, either one. Tap shoes from La La Land. That'd be lame, but cool. It'd be delicious. It'd be the best one. <laughs> He's so lame. But yeah, yeah, a bunch of things. He says, I'm sorry I don't have a picture or mock-up of what this product would look like, but I'm it's working fine. on it. Okay, that's cool. And hope to have it done by the end of your initial run of the show. So we all, so might give like two years. So yeah. get cracking. If you can get if, if you can get this to me by two years from now, <laughs> I'd really appreciate it. He Thanks. says it was fun thinking about this cereal for any meal, Mike Manzi. Amen. Thank you. Cool. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for writing in. Yeah. Cage Club co-founder and resident historian Mike Manzi and resident historian Mike Manzi. I hope everybody knows that's not going to continue after this episode. No, he's. I mean, I love Jenny, but it's just resident historian forever. Yeah. <laughs> like that's. It was so much more fun when when I realized that he she was there from the beginning. She knows like what happened when I was like, is he just on every fucking period piece? Resident historian Mike Manzi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. We call him that. We call him that. Like. Like, when we introduce him to people in real life. Yeah. This, this is resident historian Mike Mancy, and they're like, what are you talking about? People get it, though. People get it. I hope so. So... Or they just think we're super weird. That's the end of the mailbag. Thank you, Jenny. Thank you, Jess. Thank you, Mike, for all writing in. If yeah, I love you guys. If you want to email in boyfriendmaterial at cageclub.me, if you want to delay future episodes from us ever talking about the movie, just do what we did tonight and just send us lots of emails. We will read them all on air. Our next segment, we're still not ready to talk about the movie yet, because our next segment, we have to do a little thing called Canadian Goose on the Loose, Canadian Gauze... On the Laws. On the Laws. So, okay. Do you have any Gauze on the Laws news? I have one right here that I'm looking at. Ryan Gosling's SNL bloopers show he broke character even more than you thought. So what I liked was that Zeph hosted SNL, and we did that for that one. So when we get to the Ryan Gosling clip show, we'll do this too. Yeah, we'll do the SNL. That'll be cool. There is a new First Man poster. Ooh, what is it? Oh, is it is it this thing? Is it the one with him in the space helmet? I think so. Let's see here. Oh, that looks interesting. I was finally in a theater. Like, I still don't watch trailers, but I go to a lot of movies, so I sort of, like, look down awkwardly while trailers are on. And I was finally in yeah. a theater when the trailer for that was on, so I kind of heard one, but, you know. 
Oh yeah, it was the uh, it's the one that I was talking about. It's the one of the spacesuit. Yeah, remember? Oh, it's just of the spacesuit. Yep. Yeah, we talked about this. Yep. I saw I just saw um an ad for a billboard, and it's just his face in a space helmet. So that was pretty cool to me too. Cool. It's apparently going to TIFF, the Toronto International Film Festival, and I will be oh, in nice. Toronto when it's going on. But don't think I'm gonna go, unless I mean, really? If Gosling's oh. there, maybe. Samantha and I are going up to Toronto for a weekend. I don't think we're cool. going to see any movies, but if he's there, we might have to make a detour, because I've already seen him once in person. Toronto's dope, dude. I love Toronto so much. Have you been there before? No. I'm excited oh, to go. so much fun. Very yeah. excited to go. It's a cool place. Oh, this is another big one. You remember I sent this to you, why Ryan Gosling got suspended in first grade. Oh, no, I don't remember this one. Tell me. So he was like a little showman, a little show kid, and he was juggling. He was a juggler, and he apparently brought serrated knives to school to juggle, and then teachers Ugh. were like, no, 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 you can't do that, and he got suspended. Well, that kind of makes sense, but it's anticlimactic. Yeah. I don't have any. I, I found, like, the ones that you said, and there's just tons and tons of first men right now. Sadly, I don't have anything going on. There's two other ones that really aren't of much significance. One is that Reese Witherspoon apparently sent out a snap where her, like a Snapchat snap, where her son looks like a young Ryan Gosling. So oh, that's cool. That's a thing. But there's another one. This might be worth talking about. Yeah. How to rock Ryan Gosling's best haircuts. We were just talking about it for the serial on thetrendspotter.com. You do the drive haircut. You do the crazy stupid love haircut. Do the Ryan Gosling oh. short hair. The Ryan Gosling long hair. The Ryan Gosling blonde haired. Blonde-haired Gosling? Long I like hair. this one from this movie. Well, oh, blonde. We got the comb-over. We got the buzz cut. We got the blonde hair. Yeah, from this movie. Dark he hair. Great, he does have some great hair. How to get Ryan Gosling's hair. Little bullet points. When the hair is wet, manipulate your part by blow-drying hair to the side. Ugh. Work through a pea-sized amount of product into the top for texture and style. Use a comb or your fingers for a less refined look and work hair across the crown to suit your preference. Keep hair washed regularly to avoid buildup of product. For longer haircuts, ensure regular trips to the barber. So that doesn't that seem like tips to get his hair. It just seems tips to, like, take care of hair. Can I, can I tell you a secret? Yeah. I would never, ever blow dry my hair. Two, I don't use product. Three, I didn't own a comb for, like, more than ten years. Um, and I don't know if I have one in the house right now. Love it. I purposely don't wash my hair. I wash it maybe once every two months. Gross. I mean, more in the barbecue season. No, no, it's really not. You were never supposed to wash your hair. It gets way greasier if you wash it than if you just stop. I swear, it's count. It sounds weird in your head, but I heard I mean, that. I don't know. I also if it, don't if believe it. Can it. Work for, okay, whatever you say. Yeah, I wash mine like if I'm barbecuing a lot because it's just like that smoky smell stays in there. But otherwise, just fucking let it go. I go to the barber maybe once every nine months when I remember. So cool. Yeah, I will never look like Ryan Gosling hair wise. Yeah, those were that that just struck a chord in me. I was like, I do none of these things. I probably do the opposite of all of these things. If yeah. you want, so that's why you don't look like Ryan Gosling. I guess is the point of that. I do look like Ryan Gosling. He just doesn't look like me. Okay. Oh. Uh, do you have any other segment we have before we talk about the movie? Do we have any other gossip column? Remember the gossip column? No, I don't have any Ryan Gosling, Eva Mendez news. But we can kind of pretend like the the movie is the news. Yeah. Because Ava Mendez is in this. This is before they were dating. Apparently, longtime friend and eventual girlfriend. He recommended her for this movie, and it took a long time to convince the director and the co-writer Derek C. in France, or however you pronounce it, to cast her in this movie because he thought 
you know, she was stereotyped as something else. But then this is a movie that many people call her best performance of all time. So, and as we know, she's it's pretty good, pretty retired from acting right now. So it might be forever her best performance. Yeah, because they were having twins, remember? So like we're just like waiting on the twins. Yep. And the gossip call. Yeah. It supposedly might be having twins. Maybe, okay. maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah. So the place beyond the pines, we finally made it. Here Ooh. we are. So that was a trek uphill. That was a trek uphill. In, a, in good way. In a good way, but woo. Okay. Oh boy. Okay, yeah. so here we are. Place Beyond the Pines, brought to you by Leather. A movie that's like almost two and a half hours long that I really love, that Gosling's only in the first 50 minutes of until he gets shot and killed and falls out a window and cracks his head open and dies. So some uh, key points right off the jump, like you said there. Yep. This is our first Goss, Goss death. Gauze death. Yeah. I, that's the first time I've seen him die in a movie, at least. And it sort, usually makes it out. Sort of similar, not similar, but in terms of like a first, he's the first time he's the father of a baby. He was a dad in The Nice Guys, but you know, his daughter was like 16 or 17 or whatever. But this yeah. is only the second time he's been a father, I think, in the movie that we've seen. And the first time he's been a father of an infant. Yes. Yeah, and, and it was crazy to see. I mean, he was playing a really good dad. But on the note that you said he was only in the first 50 minutes, I really like this movie. I really enjoyed it when I got to the end of it. Yep. It's long, yeah. which, you know, like, long movies are hard for me. Yeah. But the thing that got me the most was that I really felt like the first and second half of this movie could have been a two-parter. Like, it could have been, like, split. Like, we could have got, like, a little bit more of the Goss movie yeah. and, like, yep. more of the robberies and stuff and then just, like, stopped the movie and had a sequel. Maybe, but I like... think? I like that this movie is this, like, three-part story that it is... That's what I was thinking. The three the three panel thing, I was thinking of it much like Moonlight, shout out, uh, what's his name? Mahershal Ali, who was also in Mar- this yeah. movie too. And I liked, I did like the three part thing, but the first part being 50 minutes, I was like, if we could have just scrunched that to like 35, 40, and did 40, 40, 40, I might have liked it a little bit better. You wanted less Gosling? No, I mean, just like make the, the thirds. If you're gonna, I, I wanted an all Gosling and all bradley cooper movie okay because they're like the the switch in character feels a little weird to me knowing that they're not the same character they're just like linked well that's why i think you need the third part because this movie's all you about the like part. the sins of the yeah. father and yes. about the apple doesn't fall far from the tree and sort of about yes bradley cooper getting closure because like bradley cooper is the star of this movie like ryan gosling is top he build is. and he is the first basically hour of the movie almost and he only shares the one scene with bradley cooper where bradley cooper kills him but, like, Bradley Cooper is the emotional core of this movie. Like, this movie yeah, is about a, him. It's about him getting, like, closure and getting basically forgiven, in a way, for what he did. Yeah, and I'm saying, like... Or atoning for I his l- sins, at least. Maybe not being forgiven, but, like, atoning for his sins. Only God forgives. Only God forgives. Yes, and I always want more Gosling in the movie, but at the same time, like, couldn't we have made that Gosling part even way less? Like, 15 minutes the movie was just long, and I was like, I wanted to break it up somehow. Ooh. Even though I really enjoyed it, it was just like, okay, there was a lot here. And I like the three panels thing, but you could have even, like, bookended the three panels, like, made, like, the end shorter, the beginning shorter, and made more Bradley Cooper. I, my brain just didn't like the transition of characters. Like, we just, like, we're following Goss for, like, the whole Well, that's what I thing. love about it, though, because, like, it's so unlike movies to, like, have a guy as your lead, like, as your unquestionable lead of a movie for almost an yeah. entire hour, and then be like, just kidding, he died. It's the same thing, like, yeah. in Death Proof, where you're following the four girls, and then, spoiler alert for Death Proof, even though I already spoiled it, basically, they all die an hour into the movie, and then it kind of becomes, like, Stuntman Mike's movie and the second group of girls. You know what I mean? Like, it is yeah. such a shock to have the star of your movie, the top-billed guy, the person that you've been following 
basically in every scene, almost every shot of this movie, just to be killed and not come back. Like, they talk about a little bit at the end, but, like, he's gone. Like, his effects yeah. still linger, but he's gone. And I think that's amazing. Like, I think that's remarkable. I think that you like the novelty of it. I do, but I think it also works really well. Like, I think it's unique, and I think it's novel, but I think it's also done really well. They, yeah, they do do a good job of doing it. They do. I, it's just, it's my own personal taste of, like, wanting it to be a little bit shorter, is what it was. But, yeah, no, I think, I, I think it's executed well. When I got, like, when it shifted, I was annoyed when... It, it kept going. I was like, oh, Bradley Cooper's great in this. And then when it got to part three, I was like, okay, I get what they're doing. Because as soon as it gets to, like, the third part and you see, like, the sun come up and sit next to someone, Rachel spoiled it for me because, like, I didn't connect it. But she was like, oh, that's Gaza's son. And I was like, oh, fuck, you're right. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. So there was no reveal for me because she likes to ruin the reveals because she gets the stuff in the movies a lot faster while I'm, like, paying paying attention to nonsense, you know. Were you surprised when Gosling got killed? Very, very surprised. Because it doesn't feel like, that's that's what I like about it, because it feels like when that happens that this movie could go anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I didn't think he died. I was like, I was convinced. I was like, look, he looks like he's dead, but like, he's he, they gotta bring him back. And Rachel's like, no, dude, I think he's dead. And, and it's just like, Bradley Cooper shows up. Yeah. It's so strange. Well, because what's, what's crazy is that we're following this guy. He's the star of our movie. He's not a hero. Like, he's an anti-hero, but, like, he's the guy that we're yeah. sort of rooting for. And then yep. all of a sudden the movie becomes about the guy who killed him and who sort of, like, not, like, not, like, wrongly killed him, but, like, maybe didn't kill him. Like, like sort of jumped the gun a little bit. That's what the whole, like, investigation goes, for, goes through. And, you know, he has this a little bit sort of kind of like a PTSD a little bit and everything. You know what I mean? Like, he just shoots first and asks questions later. And so suddenly the movie's about the, the guy who kills the guy that we've been rooting for and that like such that's such an abrupt 180 that I think it's just it's kind of incredible yeah no no I get why you would like it I do it was so jarring to me that like I think I was just like emotionally like shocked by it yeah so I was like what the fuck and then I had to like de- deal with coming back from that you know well I remembered because I had seen this movie at the end of the year it came out like it was one of those movies that I watched toward the end of the year where I was trying to figure out like my what year favorite did it come out 2012 um, and I remember okay. watching it either that... Uh, no, I think it was 2012, but I think, like, uh, I think it was, like, widely available the next year, I think. Because I remember watching it okay. in my first apartment after I moved out of my parents' house. And I remember watching it at the end of the year when I was trying to figure out what my favorite movies of the year was. And I was really caught off guard by him dying. So this time around, knowing that he was only in the first hour... I was able to really like soak in his performance and his character because I knew we yeah. weren't going to have him. I know that the movie, I really like this movie from start to finish. I think that the first part is the best part, not only just because of Gosling, but like I just think it's the most. It's the most energetic. badass. Yeah. Like it's it's a fun part. Like Gosling is more like I mean, sorry, the Bradley Cooper part's like more like dealing with inner demons and emotional yep. stuff, and like going and like watching him go from good cop to bad, like to bad cop to good cop again, and like this kind of stuff. And that's not super amusing to me that's not something like i want to watch a ton it's of, just a just, different like, movie like it's like a, it's like yeah. a cops and robbers movie where it's both like it's it's very yeah it's unique exactly. in that way yeah but i, I remembered that like because i like the beginning more and especially since what we're doing here why we have this podcast talking about ryan gosling yeah the fact that the first hour is so like almost entirely about him i was like okay let me really focus on this and then I can sort of, like, relax a little bit and just sort of watch the rest of the movie. Because it matters, and, like, his actions have consequences, and, like, what he does and, like, what the movie's about still matters and still is, you know, changes after he leaves. But what we're talking about here today and what we care about and the most entertaining part of the movie for me, like we are just saying, even if, we're into, if we, even if we didn't do the podcast, is this first hour. So I want to, like, really focus on that 
and then sort of relax a bit. That's what I did too. I watched the rest of the movie like just for enjoyment, but I was like mainly like all of my notes on the movie stop when Gosling died. Like that's my last note. Actually, no, I have like Ray Liotta's in this too, but my last note was did Gosling die? Yeah. Like, so the guy who wrote and directed this, Derek C. in France, also directed Blue Valentine, which is another Gosling movie we'll get to in a couple months. Yes, I'm excited. I've never seen a it. A super, so super depressing movie. Very different okay. than this. But it's it's worth noting that this is, you know, two movies that he's done with the same guy. Apparently, this is the craziest thing. Like, this almost feels like it's not real. But when this guy was working on Blue Valentine in 2007, he met Ryan Gosling at his agent's house. I don't know if it's Gosling's agent or the, the director's okay. agent. Um, he asked Gosling, you've, all, you've already done so much in your career. What, do you, what haven't you done that you want to do? Gosling said he always wanted to rob a bank. And he said, what has kept you from robbing a bank? And he says, being arrested. And then the director said, and how would you go about robbing a bank? And Gosling described robbing a bank on a motorcycle because it's fast and agile, and the helmet would conceal his identity, then stashing the motorcycle in the back of a truck because the police would be looking for the motorcycle. And the director was like, guess what? I'm writing a screenplay about the bank robber in exactly this way. Which seems bananas to me. That, no, that seems unbelievable. Yeah, that... But that when he heard that, he was like, oh, Gosling is meant to play this role. Yeah, I thought you were saying, like, I'm going to write a screenplay about that. Not that, like, oh, you sucked this thought out of my head. It's, like, way too specific. Yeah. Like, because yeah. I remember seeing this movie and I want to like, pretend to believe it. I mean, so. I'm not a criminal... But I remember watching this movie and being like, oh, shit, like, that's probably a really good idea. But like, I never had that idea. Like, I, I'm sure that other people have thought of that. And actually, it's based on, what's the guy's name? Uh, the Friday Night Robber, Carl Gugazian, uh, used okay. this technique to rob banks for over 30 years. Like, it's a thing that was, like, really actually done. Okay. You know, even in the movie, when he talks to Ben Mendelsohn, whom I love, who is great in a whole lot of movies. He's the guy Robin, yeah. who plays Gosling's friend, who robs the banks with him, drives the truck, the getaway truck. Yeah. He says that he's robbed four banks or whatever. Like, he, like I feel like that's the problem. Again, not a criminal, don't really know what I'm talking about, but I feel like that's the problem with a lot of criminals. They, they try to get, they get cocky. They try to get, they, they, they feel like they're above, they're literally above the law, that they can't be caught. The same thing here. Like, when Gosling actually gets caught, he doesn't wear sunglasses, picks the, ro- the wrong bank because he's got the... I think that this is, like, the downfall of, like, Pretty much every exactly. serial criminal yep. that I've ever seen is like, feel invincible, yep. you get caught. Yep. He says he wants to rob two banks. Robin's like, no, I'm out. Goes to the bank, doesn't have sunglasses, should turn around. Goes inside, sees the really tall glass barrier, the plastic barrier, should turn around. Doesn't check for the dye packs. We don't even know if that's a problem or not. Like, there might be a dye pack, we don't even know. Because then, by the time he gets his motorcycle started, which is having problems... Well, no, because he has a new motorcycle because the guy cut his old one yes. in half. Then by that point, like, he's already being pursued by the cops and, like, it's the beginning of the end. So it's just, like... Yeah, and then he got a flat tire yeah. and all that bullshit. Yeah. So it's just, like, he should have turned around at so many points, but he was so desperate or cocky or arrogant or whatever. But this like, is, like, the Breaking this. Bad syndrome, yeah. right? Like, it's not... Like, was he really desperate at that point? Probably not. He had just robbed, like, two or three, four banks. So he's probably not at, the, like, the desperation point again. That's what happens, so... Yeah, but, you know, he got cocky. He, uh, you know... Just like... Paid the price. Yeah. More money than he can ever spend. Although in this movie, he doesn't have that much money, but you know. Yeah, exactly. The other thing I want to say right here is that uh, the director says he would not have made the movie without Bradley Cooper. He apparently drove five hours to convince him to do the role, and he wrote the role for Cooper, quote, a guy who's paraded around as a hero, but inside feels corrupted. And like that's where the emotional core is. Like he's this, here's this guy that the world sees as this hero who killed this bank robber, stopped this bank robbery, whatever, and yeah. yet he still feels like he shot too early, that these corrupt cops that he works on with... On shot first. On shot first. These corrupt cops he works with, 
you know, Ray Liotta, they yep. all see him as this guy who like, yeah, you're finally one of us, like you're, you know, you're dirty or whatever. But he still, he, 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 all he wants to do is like get clean and just sort of, you know, he goes to IA. He just wants to, he wants to rid the world of people like himself, essentially. I would like to talk to dirty and clean cops and like get their take on this. I want to know how realistic, because like in every movie, it's a great thing to be like, the police department's corrupt, there's corrupt police, and show a guy that has to struggle between being a good police yeah. or a bad police, yep. right? I want to know like how realistic is that? Like, is that just rampant everywhere? Like, I, I don't want to believe that it is in my own brain. Like, I want to believe that, like, everybody's working towards the common good and, like, maybe, you know, sometimes some stuff gets fumbled or there's one bad apple. But, like, I think that it's more common than we think. So Probably. I mean... Depressing thought that I had. There's probably a lot that goes on that we just don't know about. But, like, in this movie, when they have the news report about, like, corruption, blah, 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 you know, and it's about this police station, but it's not about who they're chasing, it's about them. And, like, I feel like that's the kind of reveal that we would ever hear, like, oh, my God, can you believe that that happened? Like, they're supposed to be good or whatever. But, yeah, there's probably a lot more... I mean, there's a lot of... I would hope that there's more good cops than bad cops, but honestly, I have no idea. Same. I have no idea. I don't deal with or call or talk to or see anything to do with police ever. So I I generally have no idea. Yeah. So the movie starts out with Ryan Gosling as a motorcycle stunt driver, a little bit of... Are we just going to talk about just his part? Yeah, just talk about his part. Yeah, because I think we have sort okay, of covered, cool. and we can sort of talk about in in grand big strokes, broad strokes, whatever the rest of the movie. But what's interesting to me is that the first Ghost Rider... Shadow Cage Club. Yeah. Johnny Blaze, Nicolas Cage, is a yes. motorcycle stunt rider, Daredevil. Also in that movie, Ava Mendez. In this movie, Ooh. Ryan Gosling, motorcycle stunt driver, Daredevil. Also in this movie, Found her Ava Mendez. Yeah, she's in movies about bad boys. That ride motorcycles and are stunt doubles. Yeah. It was cool to start him out in the circus. I, I had a thought that I forgot Ava Mendez was in it, but after she was in it, I was, I was hoping that she would have come out as the dancer from what was the movie Lost River Lost River I wanted her to do be like you know part of like the sideshow Yeah she doesn't really do much traveling circus No she's just like a girl from this town he comes through the town and had a fling with her and um got her pregnant and now he has a baby with her Yeah and Mahershal Ali is you know taking care of baby and taking care of her yes. and taking care of her mother but we'll get to that Yeah which is an awesome stand up guy thing to do yep. man that's really cool That's so, boyfriend material that is 1,000% boyfriend material. But the first time we see Ryan Gosling, he is shirtless, and he's fully tatted up in this movie from yeah, the jump. With some wacky-ass-looking tattoos, too. We don't track shirtless here, but, you know, if this was Zack Attack or Magic Mike's, check. 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 I, I made a note of a lot of boyfriend material things. Like, from the beginning of this movie, Ava Mendes plays a character named Romina, who he calls Ro, and Ro sees his show comes up after comes up to him after the show he remembers her name you know a year later because i guess you know they slept together at least once if not more than once because they have a baby together yeah and he offers her a ride home which i thought was a very boyfriend material move very boyfriend material. gives her the ride home she gives him a kiss on the cheek and then he's like you want to talk or anything and that's another little boyfriend material moment that he's just not there to like sleep with the woman he slept with before because he's like i'm gonna leave for another year and she's like no yeah. i got a man I don't want a beer. And I was wondering at that moment, because I couldn't remember if she was with a guy, because I thought she might just be talking about the baby. You know what I mean? Like, no, I got someone. I don't want to go out. When we first see the baby, that's what I thought, too. I thought, like, oh, she was saying I have a man, and that was, like, her, like, little yeah. hat tip to, like, I have a son now. Right. Then we see Mahershala Ali, and I'm like, oh, no, she meant she she has, like, a father for this child. So. And there was a trivia on IMDb, which I think is kind of funny. It's not really, like, 
trivia trivia, but in this movie, okay. in a way, it's sort of Ryan Gosling versus Mahershala Ali. Just like in real life, in the 2016 Oscars, it was La La Land versus Moonlight, and they both sort of won, except Moonlight won eventually in the end, and in this one, Mahershala Ali also wins in the end. So As he should, because he's awesome. Life imitates art. He seems like such a cool guy. I think that I would be, like, scared to, like, approach... He's one of those people that, like, if I saw him, like, at an event, like, I would be really nervous to approach him. Yeah, I get it. Like, I would just see Mahershala Ali and be like, oh, damn, like, he's fucking good. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I'll be... He gives me, like, that same sense of, like, if I were to, like, run into, like, Al Pacino or something, mm-hmm. you know? Like, you'd just be, like... You'd be, like... I would be, like, I'd freeze. Yeah. Like, I couldn't know what to say or anything, yeah. so... Another little boy from Hero moment is that when Gosling first meets his kid, kid named Jason, I liked... It was just... Yes. It was this really little character moment that I really liked is that before he just picks the baby, because Rose's mother is holding him, and she's like, do you want to hold him? And he, like wipes off his hands. Do you remember that? Like, he, like, cleans yes, his hands? He I was does. like, oh. Because he's riding, like, yeah. he's a dirt bike rider, so he, like, wipes his hands really good to, like, try to get the gunk off. I noticed that, too, and I was like, that's very sweet. He was trying to, like, not get his dirt on his kid, and that's that's a cool move. Maybe boy from show moment, but maybe also just dad material moment. Yes. I thought shortly after this, then, you know, he learns about the child, yep. and he goes to the diner mm-hmm. where Roe, right, Eva Mendez is yep. working, Yep. and he's like, I'm going to take care of you. I need to be this boy's father. And, like, I thought that was one of the most boyfriend material moments of the movie. Yeah. Like, when he's like, look, like, I'm going to be there for you guys. Like, I'll, I quit. Like, I'm here now. Like, I want to be in my kid's life. And I was like, wow. And he was like, that's, he says, that's my job now. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's, like, very boyfriend material. Well, because there's that great scene. I think maybe the next scene is where he's talking to his boss at the carnival or the circus or whatever. He's like, I'm not asking for an advance. I'm quitting. He's like, you can't quit. He's just like, I just did. And then the scene cuts from that. Like, when Gosling says something, like, he means it. You know what I mean? Like, he is. Yeah. Whether he's talking to Ava Mendes about, like, I'm dedicated to raising, like, to helping you and raising this baby or I'm quitting my job, or I'm going to rob this bank, or whatever, when he sets his mind to something, it's definitive. Yep, exactly. He tells Ava Mendez, she's, he's like, wow, you look like a princess, which I thought was a nice boyfriend material moment thing to say. Very sweet, yes. And he wants all he wants to do is like basically you know, take his son to the park, or sit with him on the porch, but this is when they're going to the baptism to get the son yes, baptized. that he didn't know anything about. Right. Yeah. They all go there, and he follows separately, and just from the back of the church, just like weeps. And I thought that was a very either boyfriend material moment or dad material moment like he's just like i guess sad and happy like all all emotions yeah Yeah. it's just it's just emotional like i don't don't think i could pinpoint an emotion he has there it's just like everything you know like how did i miss this but now i'm here and this is my son and it's crazy i was a little emotional there too you know what i mean like you see him like encompassing everything i think that he and eva mendez played great roles in this for conveying just, like, emotion with few words. Absolutely. Yeah. Then, because he quit his job, he needs a way to make money. He just sort of gets hooked up with Robin, Ben Mendelsohn character, who gives and him some work And he's, like, doing odd jobs around yeah. yeah. Which I thought, shout out to Too Fast Too River, obviously, but also shout out to Drive, in which he's also a mechanic. He's also, like, a great mechanic in that one, too. So, yep. uh, just, I guess, a Gosling career Could we see him career. in Fast and the Furious? Ooh. Do you think he'll come over? I'd love that. That'd be same i'd be really excited what i loved and this is actually something cool that we see like a bunch of a bunch of the chase scenes like we see gosling tearing through the forest and the motorcycle and i think the way that that's shot and the way that a lot of the chases in this movie are shot is really super cool yeah uh the director said that he cited shows like cops 
and police videos as inspiration for the bulk of the film's chase scenes. Because it feels like you're watching one of those shows where it's just like cars tearing through streets Dash after cam. the motorcycle. Yeah. You get a lot of like the side shots, but a lot of the like main action is dash cam type things. And I really like that. Yeah, it was a thing that your your brain if you're like me and you watch a lot of cops or live PD or something, yep. when you see this your brain's just like, Oh, it's that you know, yeah. like you don't it doesn't seem anything weird. But yeah, now that you pointed out it felt very comfortable in how he did it. So. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's asking Robin for more money, he's like, I want more money, I need more money, I need to take care of my kid and he's just like, Oh, well we can rob banks and he says, you, you've got to do it using your skill set and your skill set, talking to Gosling, very unique. It's like, what do you say? And Gosling just says, go fuck yourself. Like, no, yeah. I'm not going to do that. Because here's the big question in the movie. And I, I don't know the answer. I don't know what I think about it. Is robbing a bank to you know, provide for your kid, is that boyfriend material or is that not boyfriend material? Um, I spoke about this with Rachel. Yep. And I said, like, when we were talking in the later third of the movie, I was like, well, his dad was kind of like the bad guy. And, he was, and she was like, he's not the bad guy. He was just trying to take care of his son. Yeah. And that's how I always feel about it. Now, at the point where he's trying to rob two banks in one day, he's a little bit of a bad guy. Right. But He's I think a dumb people, guy. Yeah, he is, and, and a bad guy. But I think the people that are doing things to survive shouldn't be accused of being immoral in their choices. Get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there's a difference between, like, robbing banks to provide for your kids and have an okay life, and there's a difference between doing that and then robbing banks because you find it fun and you want to make a lot of money doing it yeah same thing back to breaking bad man same exact thing like walt goes over the edge that's how i feel about it no but yeah i I totally agree like i think there is a difference i think it's not wrong to think they're all bad people but i think there's also a difference between providing and just doing it for personal gain so exactly yeah if you're doing it for your to take care of your family it's it's way different to me than doing it just for to take care of yourself or yeah. whatever. Yeah. yeah. So what I like is that Robin goes through the plan. He's like, you know, you go in early, look at the tellers, get either the oldest woman you can or the most meek, have them put the money on the table, look for the die pack, take it all with you, ride the motorcycle into the cube truck just a few miles away. And he says, we do what we do, but when we do it together, shazam. I thought that was pretty cool. <laughs> and then Gosling yeah. says back, not since Hall and Oates has there been such a team. Ben Mendelsohn's like, I gotta be the dark, curly-haired guy, and you're the good-looking one? That sounds about right. Yeah, and he, like, and Gosling smirks. It's yeah. so good. Like, that whole exchange is so good. It was. It was a really good scene. The rob the first bank. You know, he gets the bandana over his face, sprays the bike down black. He starts robbing it. We get what we look for every movie. We get that voice crack, that scream voice crack. Yes, I wrote it down, too. A couple it's, times. Get the fuck over here! Yeah, yep, <laughs> and he yep, screeches. Yep. I think that these scenes are just so good, because, like, it's, it's bank robbery. Like, these are all real banks that they're shooting in, that it feels real in a way that, like, other movies don't. He gets away, there's, like, this like this visceral moment of success, you know what I mean? And yeah. they go back to the house, and this is the scene that I was talking about when I said my prediction for the most boyfriend material moment, is when they're celebrating, Gosling's holding that tiny little dog and just shaking it back and forth in celebration. I just love that Ooh. so much. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good one. That's a really good one. I didn't even think of that as boyfriend materially. I just enjoyed it, just because it was Gos, like, being goofy, but, yeah, I get it. I mean, I don't think looking back at it now like that's not the most most boyfriend material moment like I forgot that Ava Mendes was in this movie like I don't remember much about movies in general I just yeah. remember that Gosling died and that it became yeah. Bradley Cooper's movie but like I, I, I still just do love that movie there was also apparently uh, in the script Robin's character was supposed to own these like real big mean junkyard dogs but Ben Mendelsohn was like I think it'd be more interesting if he had like real tiny dogs so I guess it is yeah. I also don't know if it really matters no not really I, I could see it either way but I, I like that it can it gave us the scene of Gosling holding up the small dog. Yeah. 
as a choice. He goes and waits for Ava Mendez outside of her work. And what was... What did we come up with last episode on the Only Goss Forgives... No, not Only Goss Forgives. On the Gangster Goss episode. What is our quadruple space for Boyfriend Material? We came up with one. Oh, fuck. I forgot what it was. Damn it. Hold on. Oh, getting sophisticated. Getting sophisticated. Mmm. Gosling... You know, like we coined on the last episode, Gosling and... Ava Mendez gets sophisticated here, which feels like, I was like, oh, they're back together. But no, it's just like this like one-time thing, really. I don't even know if they really hooked up. It was kind of like a, we now share a deeper emotional connection thing. Like we have a son. Maybe, maybe even not. Like they were kind of just like talking and laying and cuddling type thing. Maybe. So yeah, I could, I could easily believe that they were like, he just like brought her back and they were just like talking. And as they kept talking, like he lays down and she like lays next to him and they just like keep talking about their son and stuff like that, you know? And they're having a conversation. This is my pick for the most boy from Cheryl moment is oh. when he's like, he asks about his son. He's like, has he had ice cream? She says, he's just a baby. He says, what kind of house are you running? No ice cream. I want to do something that, with him. That's his first time. I want to look him in his face and he tries ice cream for the first time. Every time he has ice cream for the rest of his life, he's going to see my fucking face. And I just thought that was so cute that like he, he's missed out on so many firsts in this kid's life. Like the kid's not old, yeah. but he's missing on so many firsts. But like he wants to be there for this first. Like I want to be there with yeah. this ice cream for the first time. That's my personal pick for the most boyfriend material moment. It's just like it's like it's a good dad moment. It's a good boyfriend material. Like he's just like I care about this kid. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that. So if that's your pick, then I'll tell you mine. Mine was the scene that you mentioned right before this when she comes out of work and he's standing there waiting at the motorcycle, yeah. just waiting for her to walk down the steps. And he just like smiles at her. So yours leads to mine. I think it's, I think it's nice. Yeah. That's what I, I had a bunch written down, but I think that that's definitively my favorite Love boyfriend it. material moment. Yeah. What I also like, and I also think this is a nice sort of callback at the end is that in this scene, he puts the, the, the cheapo sunglasses on his son, which at the end of the movie, Robin's like, I think your dad would want to have these sunglasses. You know what I mean? He gives yeah. him the sunglasses back. So that's pretty cool. And then they yes. have uh, the woman take a picture of the family. He's like the bike's yep. part of the family. I think that woman who takes the picture. I think that this, I think that's the director's wife. I think. Oh, that's cool. Which is a nice little uh, cameo. And even yeah. this is just crying. I think again, happy and sad, and just all the emotions, all the feels. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine this is a very emotional thing to like discover you have a son a year or two years later. So it'd be crazy. They rob another bank. They're successful again. Gosling riding that high goes and buys a crib, brings it to Rose's house, starts putting it together. Roe and Mahershala Which Ali. Which isn't necessarily a bad guy thing to do, but I get that like a person you're in a relationship, if their ex just like shows up, you get that they have a kid and stuff like that, but if they're like in your house, like putting furniture in your house. Yeah. It's like, I can get both sides of this. Like the dude's like, dude, get the fuck out of my house. Like, how did you, like, why are you here? Like, you didn't tell us you were coming over or anything like that, and you just, like, made executive decisions in my house. This is my house. Yep. But at the same time, like, Gosling's like, this is my son, and, like, I want him to have a crib, so uh-huh. that's pretty honorable, too. So I was kind of torn. That was a great way to show, like, have a conflict, but not be really... You, you can't really pick a side there, right? Like, I can't. Right. Least. Like, he's not a bad guy in that moment until my pick for he least wrench. boyfriend material moment. <laughs> Mine, too. Bashes Mahershala Ali in the face with a wrench. <laughs> same. That's definitely least boyfriend material moment. Not even close. Is when you wrench your baby's mom's new boyfriend to the face. Like that's pretty bad. Who needs a wrench that? Who needs like a like a pipe wrench? To build IKEA furniture. Well, by no, the and way. he's using like the tiniest little like L wrench, like whatever that's called, like the, like the thinnest, Allen key. yeah, to the Allen key, like the thinnest one possible, essentially, to use that. And then he just has like a giant wrench. Like I guess he probably <laughs> had his toolbox with him or something. I don't know, but like 
Still, you didn't need that wrench. No, because this, this firmly came from IKEA. You get the, you get the, the you need like a screwdriver and a hammer sometimes, and, a, and that's it. And a and a mallet, like even yeah. like a rubber mallet. Yep. And he wrenches this dude to the face. Yeah, crazy. What I liked about this little moment is that after they're having this fight, and he's like, he tells Rose, "Mom, call the police, call nine one one." He picks yeah. up the baby, and the baby stops crying immediately. Apparently, yep. Ava Mendez was saying this on the uh, press junket for this, that the baby loved both of them, both Ryan Gosling and Ava Mendez, and especially Gosling, and that every time he picked the baby up, the baby would stop crying. So I think that was kind so of a cool, like, like definitely like a real life, you know, maybe Ava Mendez was like, oh, cool. I should have babies with this man. Yeah, well, look, and look where we are today. Look where we are today. And he goes to prison, which I forgot about, because he's in prison for like, a minute, because he gets bailed out by Robin, and Robin's like, look, I'm done with you, and then yeah. this is sort of what leads to his downfall, but what's nice, what I really love, and apparently this was an improvised line, is that when Gosling says he wants to do two banks in one day, Ben Mendelsohn says, if you ride like lightning, you're going to crash like thunder, which is so Ooh. cool. He's that's like, I'm not going to let you bring us yeah. both down. Gosling just says, don't be such a pussy, which, that's not, you're not going to win over, you're going to win an argument like that. Yeah. Yeah, you are. I have a question for you. Did you notice in the scene that Robin, the Ben Mendelsohn character, was like, it looked like he was wearing makeup, or was it just like grease on his face? Yeah, no, I did notice that. His face looked really, really dirty when he comes into like the like office. I guess it was like an office. I don't know what it is, but it looked like an office to like, you know, a body shop or something. And his face was just grimy. Yeah. And I was like, I get it, but at the same time, like, that's a little aggressive with the griminess. So yeah, it did look like makeup to me, and I did notice it. It was weird. It was very strange. Yeah. I know that a lot of times I would see dudes that do some kind of construction-y type work have, like, this, like, you know, grime on them, just, like, a layer of grime. Yep. Mechanics, maybe, is, like, some, like, marks where you, like, rub your face or something, and your hands are always be really dirty, but not, like, your entire face. At least not that I've ever seen. It looks like he's wearing, like eyeshadow you know what i mean like it's very his strange. eyes look sunken in yeah yeah i thought they were trying to tell us that first i thought they were trying to tell us that he spent all of his money on drugs like he was like a meth head or something you know what i mean so he's been like up for five days just because he spends all of his bank money on drugs but then i was like oh no he's he's being fine so yeah i don't know it was just aggressive makeuping real real weird i don't i don't get it but whatever yeah so then he goes and he takes like that the last stack of money goes to row and wants to give it to her, and she wants no part of it, and he just tosses it in the back seat. Apparently, this is something that he does in like all of his movies, this uh, director. He gives actors like opposite motivations in a scene. So he told Ava Mendez, like, what? like whatever you do, okay. don't let him put the money in the car. And he told Ryan Gosling, like, do not let her leave until you put the money in the car. And so like, there's like, all these different takes with them. Apparently one time, again, according to IMDb, who knows if this is right or not, because we've already had some questionable facts on okay. here. He stuck his head, like, in front, like, between her and the steering wheel, like, to sort of surprise her. And she, like, freaked out and, like, stepped on the gas instead of the brake and, like, almost ran him over. So that oh, was, shit. you know, that would that would have been bad. But, you know, he just tossed the money in the back seat, and that's the take that they used. But they did, like, five or six times. And they just had, like, this fight between the two of them, which I think is, you know, an interesting cool. way to direct, yeah. I like, no, I like it. That's a cool technique, though, you know? I mm-hmm. like it. And then one of the uh, the final scenes, one of the final things that Gosling does in this movie, really, is he walks back into Robin's house, puts his hand over his face, gun in the mouth, is like, you owe me a new bike, takes the stack of money, goes and buys a new bike, gets sloppy, things break bad. Yeah, we have the whole chase scene, they winds up in the house... Bradley Cooper shows up, shoots first. Yep, asks questions later. Yeah, shoots first and asks questions later. And then, you know, then the movie takes off. But yeah, 
that's about it, man. Yeah, and the, like the rest of the movie set up that like both both of them have like a one year old son, and like Bradley Cooper goes home and has have a, has a hard time, sort of has like a little bit of PTSD. Like he has a hard time looking at his kid because he knows that he essentially made you know he he killed a kid's dad. Like he didn't ended, just kill a guy. Yeah. yeah, he's like ruining this kid's life. He knows that he ruined this kid's life. So and like later in the movie, I think it's you know fifteen years later after the big time jump that Ava Mendes says like you fucked up my kid's life, which means that you fucked up mine too. Like he like he. Like yeah. he's just essentially just doing his job in a way like maybe not the best way he should have done but like essentially in some way just doing his job and ruined a whole lot of lives so I can see why that would be like that would mess you up and even in the shooting scene like I get that he shot first but like Gosling did have a gun and was yep. like an intruder in this house so yeah. like he wasn't really that in the wrong either you know what I mean like this is another one of these the director and the writer do a really he's the same guy right yeah yeah it's like a really good job of like getting to the point where you know, he puts you in these conflict situations, but who's really doing wrong there, you know? Yeah. Like, you're not really mad at Gauze because he's, like, just trying to get away. You're not mad at the cop either, so. Exactly. Interesting. Uh, one thing I do want to point out, shout out to Zack Attack, is that his wife is played by Rose Byrne from the Neighbors movies. So yes, of, we noticed that, too. Note to us. Yes. Uh, and then the rest of the movie is just Bradley Cooper working his way up the police ranks and up, like, the judicial ranks, essentially, to become, yeah, like, we talked about a it. DA and stuff. Is he a good cop or a bad cop? And then we get to the point where we find out that he's a good cop, and he turns everybody in. And then you get to the third part, where it's, like, Bradley Cooper's son is a D-bag, and he's hanging out with um, Gauze's son, and they don't realize it. Yep. The main conflict is that he realizes that his dad killed his dad, yep. and then that's pretty much the end of it so uh there is one thing that i liked is that you know he goes and finds robin you know uh dane dehan who's from chronicle who's from a yes. bunch of stuff valerian uh he goes and finds robin ben mendelson and they're talking about gosling i was like oh it's kind of like boyfriend material like they're talking about ryan gosling when he's not there <laughs> yeah and i'm the, like the dumb like the dumb mechanic type guy it's like <laughs> put your put his glasses on put his glasses on he'd really like that yeah and then you know at the end uh the kid gets a gun from his friend like i I sort of thought it would make more sense maybe like for him to get a gun from robin but i guess that didn't happen like he just goes and gets a gun from a kid at school i I guess no it was the drug dealer it was the same kid that he went to buy the ecstasy from yeah yeah yeah. then goes to aj's house which is bradley cooper's kid threatens him doesn't kill him then takes bradley cooper out to the place beyond the pines and he shows him his hiding spot shows him his hiding spot exactly takes his wallet takes his jacket and this is when he finds out that bradley cooper has been carrying the picture the family photo of gaza yeah. mendez and him as a baby which around. is kind of creepy yeah but it's also like that's that just shows the level of guilt in his life you know what i mean yes no i i get that like i get it but all this at the same time if like i would have found this i'd have been like what the fuck are you doing yeah. carrying around a picture of like my me and my family like that's creepy yeah and that's kind of it for the movie in terms of the the stuff. I mean, I think you know we really we blew through the end. Yeah, but we were, we only wanted to talk about Gauze anyways, and and I, he's the best part of the movie for me. And so, I, I do think obviously. that the end is really satisfying. Like I think that it is a good ending. Yeah, um, in a I lot think of so ways. Too. So. I, I still don't know if you're listening to this episode without having seen the movie. I guess Montez is, but she also, I feel like at this point, if she wanted to see this movie, she would have seen this movie. It's worth it. This is one that I really liked. If you have, like, time to 
like commit to it. Yep. It was a really enjoyable movie. Like I'm I'm glad that Rachel and I watched it. We both enjoyed it a lot. So. And I was telling Joe before we started recording this that next month. I don't know what movie we're doing next. We'll get to that in a little bit. But next month is our 10th episode. We'll be 10 movies deep in both this and Magic Mike's. And I'm going to do like a little bit of a, you know, a, a one third of the way through for Gosling check-in and go over our, our rankings for the first 10 movies. Because I, yeah, I know how mine is. So we'll get to that next month when we have 10. I need to think about mine. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. So we have our favorite feature on the show. Hey, guys, what's in your hands? Oh. What's in your hands, guys? Oh. A dirt bike. I got dog. Dog. Gun. Another gun. Yeah, another gun. A wrench. A crib in a box. Oh, yeah. It's in his hands and on his head. Yep. Sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Motorcycle helmet, sort of, kind of, a little bit. Yeah, motorcycle helmet. Uh, fat stacks of cash. Truth. Stack bands. Hmm, what else does he have in his hands? Well, you think about that. I have another little game. Hey, guys, God. what's on your hands? Oh, Tattoo Holy of the Holy Tattoo. Bible. Yes, got it. And Lead I don't know what's it. on his right hand, but on his left hand, he's got the words some. So maybe it's like get some or something. I don't know, like on his knuckles. Oh, okay. I don't know what it is, cool. but you know, there's the word I some. I saw that on Holy Bible tattoo, knuckles. and I was like really jealous of this one. That's a really cool. It's just like not a scripture or anything. It's just the Bible itself. Yeah. <laughs> like It's just like basically like a solid black tattoo that just has like the cross on the front or whatever. It says Holy Bible, and then a little bit yeah. of white for the pages. But yeah. Yeah, I, lo- I like that a lot. I was like, damn, that's a really cool one. Yeah. I want to get hand tattoos soon. I think that'd be pretty cool. Oof, that's that's there's no coming back from that. I know, I know, but I think that I'm in it to win it. So like, sure. I don't plan on getting fired anytime soon, and if I do, I will not be going back to the same type of job that I have now. So, it's good motivation to not get fired. Sure. A couple other bits of trivia: the guy who shot Blue Valentine, the cinematographer, refused yeah. to do this movie because of the Globe of Death stunt at the beginning. He had this dream apparently what? that he was going to get oh. killed while filming it. Which, so he's like, I can't do that. So another guy, this guy, Sean Bobbitt, became a cinematographer, and he was knocked unconscious when a motorcycle landed on top of him while filming the second take of that stunt inside the cage. So the guy's dream was sort of kind of true. Yeah, that's fucking scary. And I live and die by dream premonition, so... And the cinematographer was wearing protective gear and a helmet, so like even with that, it still fucked him up. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, Gosling learned how to ride a motorcycle for this role. Makes sense. I, he's he's committed to this. We've we've heard this before, so I didn't put it past him that he would learn how to ride a motorcycle. You know. And there's the scene. That I think the diff, the most difficult scene to shoot, I think, according to this at least, was the getaway when the cop is pursuing him because he sort of like weaves through traffic, and they had oh, to do yeah. that. 22 times or something and apparently the director was so nervous about that that he was like chewing his shirt and by the time that they had finished he had chewed a literal hole in his shirt like he was so nervous for so <laughs> long but they wanted to do like a stunt driver like a stunt motorcycle rider or whatever but they couldn't hide it like they couldn't it was clearly not gauze so like he just yeah. had to do that so like the, the director was like I hope I don't I'd be kill really nervous Ryan Gosling too. yeah same I'd be really fucking nervous because he's not a stunt driver and if he, like, just learned how to ride a motorcycle for this, this is not the kind of shit that I'd want him to be doing. Like, looking back and, like, driving through random shit. Definitely not. One thing that I think is pretty funny about the script, which is sort of like a reverse college tip, is that the director said his financer would give him the budget if he made the script 120 pages. Like, it was 158. And so roughly the rule of thumb, generally, in screenwriting, I don't know if you know this, is, like, every page is essentially omitted on screen. So, okay. like, a normal script, generally, is about 100 pages. It's, like, an hour 40. So the the financier was like, I want this to be 120 pages, like, basically a two-hour movie. 
the guy's like, cool. So he made the font smaller and the margins wider, or narrower, I mean. And so he didn't remove a single word. He just made more text on the page. Nobody noticed. They got the movie made. So that's uh, like a reverse. Instead of like making text bigger and spacing out a little bit more and making the, the margins wider, you know like what the, college? No, you know what the best trick was? I don't know if you knew this one. It was just to search all and change the period size. Oh. Yeah, so you change the period size to, like, size 16. You cannot tell. Ooh. But it adds, like, it just changes the, like, spacing at the end of a period and makes the period just a little bit bigger. But, like, that little bit of spacing at the end of every sentence yeah. adds up so quick. There you that go. was my favorite one. I wonder if people figure that out by now. Smart like move. Did. I like it. Yeah, that was my favorite. Uh, when the kids at the end meet in the cafeteria, Jason, who is Gosling's son, Dana Han, yes. is eating an apple. And so this ties back to when Gosling tells Ava Mendez. I didn't even. Or I didn't Ava Mendez. No, Ava Mendez tells Gosling that she would shoot apples for him when he was a baby. So. Because he loved apples. Yep. It was like one of his favorite things. Yep. The movie was basically, a lot of it was shot in Schenectady, New York, which is actually where my aunt and uncle live. Oh, cool. Schenectady is a Native American word that means the place beyond the pines. So there we I go. I did see that. Yeah. The director uh, wrote the script based on the town where his wife grew up. So like, that, like that's why this movie is where it is and what it's about and why it's named as such. I thought it was about Gosling's robbery wet dream, but sure. I guess it's a couple different things. Or it's time to be trivia, and none of this is real. Yeah. The director also seems like a real weird guy. Like, there's a lot of cool things here like we've been talking about, but another thing is that instead of having a regular audition for Eva Mendez, after Gosling was like, you should really cast her, he just had her drive him around Los Angeles and show him her favorite places to figure out if she was the right fit to play Romina or not. So, that's a weird, Ooh. cool audition, but uh, also kind of strange. Seems to work, though. Let's see here. Ryan Gosling suggested Ben Mendelsohn for the role because of his role in Prime Mover, which I have not seen. Uh, the director had only seen him in Animal Kingdom, which I love him in. He's also in tons of great stuff. Like, he was in the first season, or maybe a little bit more, of Bloodline, that Netflix show. He was okay. in a movie called Starred Up, where he was great in this. I think we just talked about it on podcast with Mike, maybe? I don't remember. I don't know if you were on that one or not. He's also in Star Wars Rogue One, or Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. Uh, he's just in a bunch of really cool movies, and he's just great in a lot of things. That's awesome. Uh, so the role of Jennifer, who is Rose Byrne, you know, Bradley Cooper's yeah. wife... Greta Gerwig yeah. was first cast. You know Greta Gerwig? Yeah, but why do we know her? Frances Ha. Why, why would you know Greta Gerwig? That's a good question. Let me see her face. Oh, well, she wrote and directed Lady Bird. That's what I know her from. Yeah. That's why I know that name. Yes. In terms of acting, like, she's been in a bunch of movies that are all sort of similar that I like a lot of, like Frances Ha, and she was in Jackie and 20th Century Women and Mistress America, which I love. But yeah, so she was cast. She had the job out due to uh, conflict. I guess it went to Rose Byrne, but also considered for that role were Jennifer Goodwin, who I know from things, but also somebody I really like. And we were just talking about this movie she was in earlier, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who was the cheerleader in Death Proof. Uh, she played Lee. Cool. So we were talking about Death Proof earlier in terms of yep. a movie that everybody dies. So a little bit of a connection there. Bradley Cooper does not appear until 47 minutes into the movie, and Gosling's only in the first 50. So they only share one scene together, even though they're both top build. So that's yeah. pretty much that. Yeah, those are good trivias, actually. I like this one. Like, there wasn't a ton, but I think what was there was uh, pretty good quality. Substantial. Yeah. Yeah. Time to watch the trailer. So we're going to search the Place Beyond the Pines trailer on YouTube. Man, for us starting out with, it, with the, the emails up top being very long, we're right on track here. We really are right on track. First trailer hit on YouTube. The Place Beyond the Pines, official trailer number it. one, Ryan Gosling Movie HD from Movie Clips Trailers, 6.1 million views. Just put it in there for you. Cool. Let Thank it buffer a little bit. Okay, I'm ready when you are. All right. Three, two, one, play. Here we go. Okay. 
restricted. I feel like this probably has like a really cool trailer. That's what, that's what I'm thinking. I don't know, but I feel like it has a really I don't cool know trailer. how how true it's going to be to the movie. I don't know. Focus features. Causing oh. abs from the beginning. Yeah, and a knife in his hands. What's in your hands, Gauze? Oh, yeah, we forgot about that. Yeah. I like that he's part of the circus. Cigarette? Cigarette in his hands? Yeah. Who's that guy? There's Rose Who's baby. that guy? Yep. What's your, oh, like what's your hands? Guy. Baby in his hands? Baby in his hands. Ava Mendes in his hands. This church shot was beautiful, by the way. Yep. Like, when you come in and you see it. And I like the sh I like how they did the diner, too. Yep. Bradley Cooper. There are a lot of press conferences in this movie with Bradley Cooper in them. Yeah, well, because he's a hero. Like, once he got shot, he couldn't go back to being a real cop. Yep. Hero cop. Oh, cover the picture. Your skill set. Your skill set. I feel like the music in this movie is also really good. Like, understated, but really good. Like, they have a... They have that Bruce... Like, like I think... For somebody... I, I don't really love Bruce Springsteen a lot, which is, I think, yeah. you know, sacrilege to say I've lived in New Jersey most of my life. But I yeah. think the, the music cue of Dancing in the Dark when they come back to celebrate the first, you know, bank robbery, I was like, this is perfect. Yes. And they also have a Hall & Oates song later that's sort of like a little bit of a callback to, you know, the Hall & Oates. Not since Hall & What for? The money oh, the fake. Yeah, we didn't talk about the, like, fake you? search. The Metallica shirt that he's wearing is really cool, too, by also, the way. Also, you know, when you ride like lightning, you're going to crash like thunder. So ride the lightning Metallica, all that sort of stuff. Yep, exactly. I, I like Ray Liotta's line. I mean, Ray Liotta just like a, such, a, such a shit bad cop in this movie, but he's like, you know, you pretend I'll have a warrant, and I'll pretend that your mother has papers. And she's like, uh, okay, go do your thing. Yeah, I thought that he was coming there to, to, to uh... Buster? Her. Yeah, the mother. Yep. Yeah. I thought that was like gonna be their their payback. Yeah, dude, Eva Mendez was really good in this. Yeah. Eva Mendez. She's also really, really good in uh, Bad Lieutenant Port of Call New Orleans, Shadows of Another Cage Club movie, but I think she's better in this movie. Like this movie, I just love this movie. I couldn't believe this cast though, dude. Yep. This is yeah, this, the whole cast is awesome in this movie. Yeah. The place beyond the pine. I think that was a good trailer too. I mean there's there were there were quick it shots was. of like sort of big moments, but you couldn't really tell what they were. Um, exactly. I think it was good. Yep. Cool. Yeah, that was a good trailer. We just enjoyed the movie a lot, so yeah, definitely played into it for sure. All right, Ryan Gosling, The Place Beyond the Pines. Yes. Google game. Joe, what are the autocompletes? We have one, two, three, four, five, six. One we've never seen before that you're never going to guess. Tumblr, like like you know the the, the blog Tumblr. Uh, so I guess that's oh. like a big thing on Tumblr because this feels like it came out oh, yeah. when Tumblr was peak popular. Six things you can guess. I think. Don't want to put pressure on you. I think you can get all six. Hair. Number one. Motorcycle. The last one. Number six. Essentially, I mean, six of six, but it's like nine or ten or whatever. Yeah. Um, tattoo. Number two. Death. Nope. Bradley Cooper. Nope. Bank. Uh, no. Actually, there's only three more that you can get. Hmm. The other ones we have are, you know, trailer and tumbler. But there's three left. One I'm surprised you haven't guessed yet. Um, eyes. No. Dirt bike. Nope. Well, motorcycle, we already said, but no, no dirt bike. Yeah. I was thinking, like, if you mixed motorcycle and dirt bike. Um, Two are very similar, and one is different. Oh, I don't know. Uh, we got workout. Okay. Because yeah, the movie starts with his abs, so, like, how do I look yeah. like that? Yeah. Uh, clothes and style. Clothes and style, yeah. I said the t-shirt thing, so I was thinking about it. Oh, I, I didn't hear think you say anybody that. else would. No, I said no. I said the T-shirt thing when we were watching the trailer. Like, oh, I love that Metallica T-shirt. Oh yeah, 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 yes. Like yes, I, yes. I was. It was in my head. I just didn't think anybody else would be searching for that. Okay, we talked about this on the last episode of Magic Mike's, which came out ten days ago. Which was what movie we just talked about? 
Step Up 2. Step Up 2, The Streets with Liam Underwood. Came up with a game on that because I googled, is Jenna Dewan in Step Up 2? And I was like, oh, here's a game idea. Is Channing Tatum blank? So here, more than Magic, or more than Channing Tatum, is Ryan Gosling blank? Married. Number one. Yep. Gay? No. I always see, like, I, I always imagine these are like, are they gay? Although, no, no. A father? No. A dad? Is he Catholic? No, but is Ryan Gosling Mormon is number four. Oh, interesting. I was good. Yeah, I was just guessing by, based on, like, what is his religion kind of question. Yep. I don't know if you're going to remember, because we recorded a little bit ago, but do you remember one of the things, the number three thing here is also one of the things that is Channing Tatum blank. I don't remember. Is Ryan Gosling vegan? Oh, shit. Yeah, that was the one People we couldn't really get. People really care. People really care about what celebrity is vegan or not. Uh, oh, also, is Ryan Gosling in a relationship is like number seven or eight, so there's that too. That's married. That's married. That's the same yep. thing. So the ones that you missed, is Ryan Gosling Canadian? Answer, yes. Yes. Is Ryan Gosling... On, the there are two similar ones. Is Ryan Gosling in Blade Runner a replicant? And is Ryan Gosling a machine in Blade Runner? Okay. Is Ryan Gosling in Yes Man, that Jim Carrey movie? That's strange. Because we had, is Shannon Tatum in Guardians of the Galaxy? Is Ryan Gosling in Yes Man? That's weird. <laughs> that's that's so weird. The weirdest that's one of all, weird. maybe, or maybe because they're both Canadian, is Ryan okay. Gosling related to Justin Bieber? Yo, he looked so much like a mix of Justin Bieber and, um, fuck, who, was, who else did I say it was? It was Justin Bieber or Jared Leto. Oh, okay. And this, he looked like a mix between Justin Bieber and Jared Leto with the, like, blonde hair and, it. like, the clothes and stuff. Yeah. That's what I was thinking when I watched cool. this. Next game is the Letterbox game. So The Place Beyond the Pines, 2012. For reference sake, Mad Max Fury Road has been seen by 255,000 people. Okay? Okay. The Place Beyond the Pines, 2012, has been seen by how many people? 17,500. Higher. I was going to say 24 with my first guess. 24. Higher. Higher than that. 36. Higher. Really? Damn, 49. Higher. Wow. 65. 64,000 people. Damn, that's way higher than I expected. Okay. So now, out of those 64,000 people, average rating 3.7, Letterboxd loves this movie. How many people out of 64,000 have it in their top four? 72. Higher. Really? 113. Higher. Uh, 146. Higher. 215. Higher. Really? 400. 436. Wow. Yep. I severely underestimated how... I mean, well, okay, look, now that I think about it, you have Bradley Cooper and Ryan Gosling and Eva Mendes and Ray Liotta and, like, everyone in this movie, so... Yep. I guess it makes sense, Mm -hmm. you know? So we're going to look at uh, this account named Alexa, which my Alexa just woke up. I was just about to say, did yours go well? I was just about to say that. Go ahead. Sorry, I'm not sure. Okay, cool. Okay. So she wrote two reviews. So she gave this movie... Five stars. Okay. Wrote two reviews about it. She first in 20... Wait. So first... Okay, so she watched it twice this year. So May 7th of this year, she says, I can't stop thinking about this movie. Okay. Okay, that's number one. I'm going to like that review. Go for it. Next review, also from this year, two weeks later, imagine being Dean DeHaan and having Ryan Gosling as your dad and Ava Mendes as your mom. Yep, that's... You know, not a bad place to be. In real life, there is a young girl who has that same predicament right now. Yeah. Two young girls. Two young girls, yeah. Okay, so now this account, Alexa, at Andor Rogue, Andro Rogue, Andor Rogue, I don't know, Andor okay. Rogue on Letterboxd, top four favorite movies, number one, Place Beyond the Pines. Yes. What are numbers two, three, and four? Number two, 
we've talked about on this episode. Number four, I don't think you're ever going to get. It's the Lost Boys. But I think you can get no. number three. I think you can get two and three. Two we talked about on this episode, and also not that long ago. Death Proof? No. Song to Song? Wouldn't that be weird if she only likes movies where the protagonist died? She's like, this movie, <laughs> Death Proof, two other movies, whatever. Uh, no, not yeah. Song to Song. It's not a god. Neither of these other two are Gosling movies, which is a little bit surprising, a little bit, you know, not Ooh. par for the course for this kind of game. What other movie did we talk about on this episode that wasn't a Gosling movie? I mentioned it. I don't know if you're going to remember it, but. Uh, no, I'm not. Rogue One. Oh. Which I also okay. thought you might have thought. I mean, you probably didn't even listen to what the name was, but Ando Rogue, you know, maybe she loves Rogue One. I don't know. Okay. And number three is a movie from the 90s. Uh, okay. A very influential horror movie. Influential Blair Witch Project. Nope, but I knew you were going to guess that first. Okay. You should have said not the, Blair Witch Project. The other one. The other one? The other, Scream. Yep. There we go. Nice. Cool. Okay. The moment that Montez has been waiting for. Hey, Montez, wake up. Fire ass titles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wake up! <laughs> wake up, Montez. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. Fire ass titles for The Place Beyond the Pines. The Bank Robber. Or, you know, The Bank Robber. Yeah. The Wrench. Ooh. Papa Gaz. Family Ties. The Gaz Beyond the Pines. Hide and go fuck yourself. <laughs> yep, okay. Um, <laughs> you like that one? It's just Good. so dumb, but sure, I love it. <laughs> like, it has nothing to do with okay. this movie. It only, has, it only has to do with what your guess was for last time, which we'll review next, but man, And that's then good. a Gosling quote. Yeah. Yeah. How about just Ride the Lightning? The Hand That Rocks the Cradle. Ooh. Isn't that a, that's a name of a thing, right? Yeah. Wiggle, or w- wagging the Dog? The Freak. Ice Cream. The Carnival. Yeah, The Carnival. Or Baby's First Ice Cream. Baby's, baby's First ice, ice Cream for Dummies. Ooh. Sins of the Father, which I talked about at the very beginning. Sins of the Father. Although I feel like that's a little bit too eloquent for Fire Ice Idols. 40 Minutes. Okay. Ooh, I'm trying to think. What's this town called again? Uh, Schenectady. The Haunting in Schenectady. Okay. How about just like providing oh the provider Ooh, the provider, the provider. yeah 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 all right let's see I if like we can come that. up with one more one more good one <laughs> two in one day two banks one gauze <laughs> perfect perfect nailed it thank you i'm glad we got i got you there yep. thank you Alley-oop. okay the next segment the last segment the last game on the show is the most and least boyfriend material moment so uh, we already talked about our picks for this episode. I like doing it while we go through the movie. I think that works well. I think it works better, yeah. First, to review what we guessed for this one, I abstained, Mike Manzi abstained. I did say that I thought the most was going to be the scene with the dog. You said the most, or you said the least boyfriend material moment was going to be, it's a movie about a hide-and-go-seek based relationship. The least boyfriend material moment, there's a woman and she's looking for Gosling. He's hiding in the forest beyond the pines. She's looking for him. She gives up. She wants to go back, but he's so into it. He doesn't want to leave with her. She leaves alone. And then at the end of the movie, he shows her that hiding spot, and that is his most boyfriend material moment. Perfect. Yeah. Obviously, that was my favorite part of this movie. Exactly. Ooh, okay. So the next movie we're doing, again with no guest, is a movie that has already been covered on the the Cage Club Podcast Network by the P.S. I Love Hoffman guys, The Ides of March, the Ryan Gosling, Philip Seymour Hoffman movie. Okay. So this is political in nature. I don't know what it's about, but it's political in nature. So Joe, too, what are your most and least boyfriend material moments for The Ides of March? The Ides of March is a movie that takes place in an all-gay nightclub called Little Caesars. Okay. The most boyfriend material moment of the movie 
Gauze is coming into the club. He sees Philip Seymour Hoffman waiting in line outside. Okay. And he tells the bouncer to let him in. Okay. And then doesn't, like, even make a pass at him. He just, like, was being a good guy. Okay. And the least boyfriend material moment is he comes up behind Philip Seymour Hoffman when he's at the urinal in the club and spanks him. Ooh, okay. But, like, a little too much and then, like, lingers in the bathroom next to him. Okay. And he makes Philip Seymour Hoffman... Philip Seymour Hoffman uncomfortable. So that's what the movie okay. is about. Oh, it's just about yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman being uncomfortable. Yeah, it, it, like you know, he's like he's like yeah. making an aggressive pass at him from behind at a urinal. That's a little threatening. So sure, that's what it is. Okay, I'm gonna say the Ides of March. I know it's political in nature. Like I'm pretty sure that's what it's actually about. Yours is not. What I'm gonna guess is that it is set in high school. Okay. Okay. They are putting on a production of Julius Caesar. Makes sense. Philip Seymour Hoffman is the drama teacher. Is it Dead Poet Society or not? No, because I don't know. Uh, <laughs> okay. Philip Seymour Hoffman is the drama teacher, and he's just constantly exasperated by these kids. He just doesn't know why they don't get it, and like they're just not good at it. Why? Why can't I get through to these kids? Ryan Gosling is the father of just some random kid in the play, and he's always you know just watching the play because he's like he just shows up okay. early because he's such a good dad. The most boyfriend kill moment is that he's there because he's there early. He's an attentive father. He's good with the kids, so on and so forth. But the least boyfriend material moment is when he steals the part from the lead kid. This is a high school production, but Philip Seymour Hoffman's like, you, there, over in the wings, you're my new Caesar, you're my new Brutus, whatever part he wants to play. Wow, so the least okay. boyfriend material moment is that he steals one of the lead parts from the kid, not his son, but you know his son or his daughter or whoever, his kid, Jeez, not thrilled. Okay. The production is a rousing success because Gosling is such a good actor in the role because he's acting like himself, but wow. his kid is upset, the kid he stole the part from is upset, but Phyllis Ron Hoffman wins all these awards, that's the Ides of March. I love it. That sounds perfect. Seems about right, too, I think. Yeah, I think we're both 100% right. Probably. The best guesses for this game are ones that are not mutually exclusive. Like, there could be, like, it could both be, like, he could have been spanked at the club, and then he could be a teacher, you know what I mean? And like, Yeah, it could be both. Yeah, exactly. It's just like an episode of SVU or something. Exactly. Okay, so... Ooh, this is going to be good. The awards segment on the podcast. The okay. Ryan Gosling Awards, the Golden Geese, the Golden Fleece, the Gazis. Gazis. I don't, you know, I, I do really... Eva Mendez, Best Female. For sure. Uh, we'll get to okay. that at the end because I just have that at the bottom. But I don't want to nominate okay. this for Best Film because I really like it. But I, think the other, I think there have been other ones better. I am going to nominate this, though, for Best Gosling Role. Fair. I like it. Luke Glanton, The Place Beyond the Pines. Okay. Do we want to nominate this? This is, a, again, a question, either for most or least boyfriend material caliber role. No. Because it's in the middle. He has moments sort of, of middle, both, right? but it's not... It's Yeah, it's sort of in the middle. It's, I don't think it, it's really either best or least boyfriendy. It's best dad, but, like, not best boyfriend. I don't want to nominate for most fun film. I think there's a lot of fun to be had here, but overall, it's kind of a downer of a movie. Yeah, it's not fun. Do we want to nominate sense. best song? We have two songs from La La Land, nothing else. Do we want to nominate... Dancing in the Dark by Bruce Springsteen, or do we want to hold off on that? Because it's not really important to the movie. I think it's just a, a good needle drop. I like it. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Dancing in the Dark. Just for now, at least in the placeholder or something. Yeah, that works. Best soundtrack score, I don't think, like, I think the, it, I think it works separate. Actually, I, I did kind of like the score in this. I did like the score in this, too. All right, I'm, I'm going to put it in there. Best cinematography, I'm going to put that there, too. Like, we have nine episodes so far. I think we have six things nominated already, so, like, a lot of really pretty Gosling movies. They are, yeah. He's in a lot of really pretty ones. Best costumes? Like, his outfits are cool, but I don't know if the rest of the movie, you know, has really great outfits. Bradley Cooper was in a tracksuit, so I vote no. Okay. Uh, best Ryan Gosling hair, for sure. Yeah. 
best love story? No. Or worst love story? No. Okay. It's somewhere in between. It's a good love story, but it's not like a love story that we want. It's not like it's tragic, if anything. It's just like sad. So I am going to nominate for best scream. Get the fuck over here. <laughs> no, it was a great impression of it, too. I liked it. Best Ryan Gosling cry, seeing his son get baptized. Damn, this is going to get a whole bunch. Okay. Yep. We, Mike and I just recorded uh, A Million Ways to Die in the West for Watch the Throne, a movie that we did not yes. like. And we still nominated that for 12 awards including a lot of really positive ones. We're like, we didn't like this movie, but we still nominated it for a shit ton of awards. That's cool. Okay. Best Ryan Gosling punch in the face. He does not get punched in the face in this movie, which is sort of surprising. No, he doesn't. He should have. Does not play an instrument in this movie. Nope. Does he kill? I guess, no, he doesn't kill anybody in this movie. Nope. Best job bank robber? Do we want to nominate that? No. Best dancing scene, yes. Oh, I forgot. Ben Mendelsohn also in Lost River. So I think he... Guys, like, you know, met him on the set and brought him over to Lost yeah, River. makes sense. Uh, dancing with the dog, place me on the pines. Yep. Best non-Gaz role, we're going to nominate Ava Mendez. Female, yeah. Do we nominate uh, anybody else? A male or, you know, Bradley Cooper? Marshall Lee, I think. But I, he's not, no, Bradley Cooper's, but they're not together. And he, he's great with Marshall Lee, but he's only in the first, like, third of it, too. So, yeah, I say no male for this. Okay, just Ava Mendez. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So we nominate this for nine things. We nominated for best cool. role... Best song, best soundtrack slash score, best cinematography, best hair, best scream, best cry, best dancing scene, best non-Gaz role female. Perfect. Cool. Into it. Okay, so since the last time we recorded, we have... We started lap two of Too Fast, Too Forever. We brought in Which Tobin and awesome. Oslin. We brought them on yep. for The Fast and the Furious. We, we're starting the lap over again, so go check that out. We also released, or recorded and released, Step Up to the Streets for Magic Mics with Liam Underwood yes. of the Nerd Nerd Podcast. Yes. By the time we record next, we're going to do Too Fast, Too Furious with Brian Rodriguez of the High School Slumber Party Too Podcast. Too Fast. Okay. We are also going to do Stop Loss for Magic Mics with Eislin, back from the Contenders Podcast, back from our episode of The Fast and the Furious. Down. And then one month from today, come back for The Ides of March, a movie in which it's about a gay club, gay nightclub and also a high school drama production of Julius Caesar. No guest, just us. Ten movies, we're going to rank them one month from today on, November, on September 21st. I'm excited. Joe, any last thoughts about anything that we talked about in this movie? Anything else about this movie? Anything else? No, watch this movie. I'd like to, uh, yeah, like I usually will tell you if I think you should watch or not, and I think this is a watchable one, so thumbs up for me. Cool. So for all things Boy From Material and all of our podcasts and all the other podcasts on the network, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash cageclub, or at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us serial pictures, thoughts about the movie, thoughts about the podcast, whatever, boyfriendmaterial at cageclub.me. Let us email you, cageclub.me slash newsletter. We'll send you a monthly digest of the best of the best of the network. And that's all I got. Just go to cageclub.me and just poke around. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And we'll see you next time for the Ides of March right here on Boyfriend Material. I get up in the evening and I ain't got nothing I come home in the morning I go to bed